If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose, then I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my life. <coughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another sweet episode of Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is the show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel Deneen, come together once a week over a single topic, and from that single topic, we come up with some ideas. Not so sure about this week's (laughs) ideas. Uh, And with those ideas, you, the listening public, take them, action them, make gajillions of dollars, and then you thank us. You don't thank us with words, although that's always appreciated. You don't thank us with cards, although that's always nice. Yeah. Maybe the cards are containing something that you should be thanking us with. You don't thank us with recommendations to other people, although it's always nice to recommend our show to your friends. No, what you thank us with, Noel, is... Is when you're sitting there, when you're rich... Thinking about how you got there, realize, hey, I didn't get there all by myself. I got there with the help of Josh and Noel and their wonderful ideas. And you think back to when you were a kid, when you were a child. Grandma and Grandpa used to come over, and they used to hand you an envelope, and in that envelope was money. That's right. And you say, yeah. I am going to be the grandparents to Josh and Noel. I am going to give them money. I'm going to tie them 10% of everything I made after I got rich. Or while I got rich, not after. We want the money you make while getting rich. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, 10% of all the money you made off of the idea. Yes. That's all. That's it. Anything you made after the idea, anything from investments that we didn't suggest to you, not you. You know, that's all you. Yeah. You don't want any of that money. A little bit, maybe. We're not like the goddamn lefty hippies who want to take 90% wow. of everything you make wow. over $10 million. Where's this that's not from? us. Wow. That's not us. We're like, you know. We're the good lefties. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Josh will even wear a little sailor suit. If it makes you feel more grandparently. Uh, I'll just wear a little sailor suit, period. Period. If you buy me a sailor suit in my size. Get Josh a sailor suit, guys. The The campaign has been launched. Yep. It'll it'll look s- sexy. It'll look hilarious. Hmm. So you find, you? it's an interesting thing that we have here. What? I think sexy and you think hilarious. Hey, you know. Clearly, we have different ideas of what's funny mm-hmm. and what's sexy. Dude, are you aroused by clowns? <laughs> are you saying <laughs> that if I'm in a sailor suit, I'm going to look like a clown? Well, wow, it would look funny. Wow, that's brutal. With like a giant lollipop, and because you'd have in to look hair? little. Uh huh. Bows in your hair? Yeah. Why not? Why not little bows in my hair? Okay. Would it be a, a full-on sailor suit, or would I be the pants be more like knickers? Hmm. Yeah. More like knickers. Yeah. 
Snickers, sailor top, <clears throat> and a little hat with a with a pinwheel on it. Uh huh. I guess I'd have to shave my beard, or do I keep the beard? Does keep that the beard. keep the beard? Yeah. Maybe have it like two sizes too small, so uh, my flesh is <laughs> pooching out in various parts of it. Uh, that now you're back and veering into sexy territory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah. Um. Noel. Yes. It's been a while since we saw each it other. It has been a while. <clears throat> um, it took me a minute yeah. to remember that I had actually already spoken to you, that you came back from your vacation last week. Uh-huh. Because I was like going to ask you questions about your vacation. Well, good thing you, you stopped that yeah. one in its tracks. Um, anyway, how anyway, have you been? I've been good. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I was thinking about something. I've been enjoying my... Uh, New apartamento <laughs> as of late, mm-hmm. and it got me thinking about when I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to originally have this sublet in Hell's Kitchen indefinitely, uh, which was a, like a railroad studio, mm-hmm. and I'd be paying five hundred bucks a month. Wow! Uh, it was a, a. This was what year did you move here? I moved here in two thousand one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were here longer than that for no, some reason. No, moved here July 1st, 2001, um, and uh, <clears throat> I was supposed to have this studio indefinitely for super cheap, um, and I would be you know, making New York-scale wages, right. so I would have been able to bank a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but like th- <coughs> four days before I moved to New York, mm-hmm. uh, so it was a sublet from a sublet. Oh, that's so not. Yeah, I know. Cool. This anyway, person yeah. had the apartment for a long time, uh-huh. to the point where he subletted it out to someone else who lived here, and then she moved back to Chicago, and is actually now married to uh, Mick Napier, who's the guy who uh, started the Annoyance Theater. I don't know what that. Ah, is. come on. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and so basically, it was. Any improviser that moved out to Chicago, moved from Chicago would to New York, this would sublet this apartment. Basically, a whole a whole string of people did. Um, the last being me, because four days before I moved, the guy whose actual apartment it was said, uh, "So how uh, you know solid is this move?" And this was four days before I moved mm-hmm. from Chicago to New York. And I go, yeah, it's pretty solid. I got rid of my apartment. Uh, my job is going to be out there. Uh, yeah, I got a truck. I got everything packed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty solid, uh-huh. right? Oh, well, I'm going through some problems with my wife. Oh. So I may need... <clears throat> we might just have to be roommates for a bit, right? Studio and apartment? With, a, with the bathtub in the kitchen. Wow. Old school. Wow, that would be the greatest <laughs> thing to have a roommate and like you walk in uh-huh. and they're just in the bathtub scrubbing away. <laughs> uh, that would have been, I can't even imagine a roommate situation uh-huh. like that where you're basically seeing your roommate naked and your roommate seeing you naked at least once a day. At least. Uh-huh. You had to sit in the living room facing one direction because even <laughs> if someone else was, was in there because even if the curtain was drawn... The curtain only covered the long side of the bathtub, uh-huh. so it's a railroad apartment. Uh-huh. So anywhere you are in that apartment, you're looking not at the curtain, yeah. but through the bathtub. Um, 
So I got it in my head that, okay, I got to find a place as soon as I can uh-huh. and not save money. <clears throat> so I was a little bummed about that. Um, and I started looking at places, and this guy took me to all these places, and there was one apartment <clears throat> that I loved. This guy being a real estate agent? Uh, a broker, yeah. Uh-huh. Because uh, I didn't know anything right. about anything. I look back at some of the apartments where I was like, no, because I had all these rules, and one of them uh-huh. was I like, can't be too far from a subway. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so I'd like get off the subway and walk to this place and realize, like, it's too far. I'm walking like 15 minutes to this place. <laughs> but then uh-huh. later, when I got to know New York better, I realized, like, <clears throat> oh, but that's just from the subway I got off at. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was real close to another subway and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but there was this one apartment I loved it. Uh it was right at I think it was <clears throat> Sullivan and 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um and it was super cool. It had like a lofted bedroom. Uh they had to go up this weird old ladder. It was really cool. And it had the the shower and tub in the bathroom. No, it had a bathroom. It was v- nice. It was a nice apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't get it. And I was bummed. And then I, I ended up moving uh, where I lived for two years, which so, was... A- so you lived with that guy for a little while? No, no. no okay. That um, never ended up happening. And I got an apartment within a uh, few weeks and got out. Um, so you lived with him for a couple weeks then? No, 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 no. Oh, it never, he never ended up coming. Oh, I, 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 see. I was he just didn't like, end up coming. Gotcha. I just was like, I got to get out. Right. I don't want to risk this possibly yeah. happening. Because uh, he was a nut, too. Mm-hmm. He was nuts. Um, and so then I ended up moving down to uh, Thompson between Spring and Prince, uh, which <clears throat> I liked so the place. So where was the first apartment? On Sullivan and Third. Oh, you you got that apartment. No, I didn't get that oh, apartment. Right. Okay. I moved to Thompson and Prince. Oh, all right, I got you. Um, and uh, and I loved it down there. I ended up staying down there for you know whatever eighteen yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a couple weeks after, no, maybe a month it was after I had moved in. So I I moved down here a few days before. <laughs> Uh, August started. They let mm-hmm. me move in a few days early. And maybe a month later, uh, I'm walking through the village. And NYU had just started. Mm-hmm. And right outside of this apartment I almost got were thousands, thousands of drunken kids that were just like screaming and puking all over the ground thousands i've I've actually never seen it as bad as it mm-hmm. was that time i saw it that time and i was just like and like <coughs> to the point where had i wanted to get into the building you wouldn't have been able i wouldn't to. have been able to had i been in the building i wouldn't have slept mm-hmm. it was like everything about it would have been like oh man did i dodge a bullet by not getting that place and i ended up on thompson lived down there for 18 years mm-hmm. loved it in a rent-stabilized apartment. Well, not the first one wasn't, but then I moved into oh, another one, oh. which wasn't until I figured out that oh. it should be and got the uh, got them to make it rent-stabilized. Oh, I didn't realize you went to court over that. I didn't, not court. I just filed paperwork. Uh-huh. It took four and a half years <clears throat> of paperwork. That landlord hates me. 
Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't care. I don't know anything about landlords hating people. No, not at all. So it turned out yeah. that it was like, you know, Ugh. a potential disaster. Potential disaster diverted. Uh-huh. And it was like the silver lining came out of <sighs> that cloud. I loved living down <clears throat> on Thompson. Mm-hmm. Love where I am now. Loved living down on Thompson, though. So you've only lived in the village your entire time in New York. Well, for other than like the three wo- three weeks in Hell's Kitchen, and right. then yeah, um, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you tell a story filled with optimism <laughs> and almost like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Uh-huh. Because today's topic is Noel. Today's topic is silver linings: how to make your riches with them, how to sell that silver. I gotta tell you, uh-huh. this was a nearly impossible. Uh, uh, topic for me. Ah, oh, come on. I don't know. You know, the only thing that threw me off is our schedule this week, guys, got thrown a little off. So I had it kind of in my <laughs> head what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But then when things got thrown off, I didn't <clears throat> put it down when I should have. Oh, so you forgot it. And then when I got the chance to, I didn't leave myself enough time. Gotcha. So the, giving me the extra time to do it actually left me with less time. That's not what happened to me. Uh-huh. What happened to me was we chose a topic yeah. that I realized is entirely about optimism. Yeah. And I don't believe in that. I think it turned you around. It did not. I think it might Unfortunately, it didn't. When you hear my idea, you're going to be like, A, you've kind of done this idea before. Oh, no. And B, what about this is actually silver lining? You say it's bad, but I feel like we're going to make gold out of it. Well, someone's going to make gold. It's it's in terms of actually shekels, uh-huh. like earning money off oh, of yeah. it. Oh, it's so, as solid as solid can be. Okay. You know, just as far as like, you know, riding the topic uh-huh. line. Yeah. It's a little, mm, eh. <laughs> mm, like sort of hammering that square peg into the round hole. Okay. Get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. But anyway, anyway, guys, silver linings. Here it is. I got. I, I'm. I'm excited about mine. Go for I'll it, man. I'm much. excited about yours too. Thanks, man. Yeah. Everyone who says you're a jerk, they're wrong. Are they? Well. <laughs> <laughs> who says I'm a jerk? What? Wait a second. No, well, I got schemes to do. <laughs> Okay, guys, silver linings, right? Uh, anyone <laughs> who looks around even a little bit uh, can tell you at a moment's notice, we're screwed, right? We are screwed. Uh, you know, things weren't awesome to begin with, but then Trump was elected. Yep. And he's a frickin' nightmare. Nightmare. There, There's about eight lunatics who still love him. Uh, it's a little more than that. Well, 18. It's thirty-five percent of the country, apparently. I don't. I can't think that's true. Uh, have you traveled much in this country? Because if you did, you'd realize that's very possibly. We got to get them TVs. They have TVs. We got to get them like TVs without cable. Without yeah, just block Fox News. They they don't need them. They go online. They they go to websites that you know Alex Jones. You name it, they—they they, it's obscene. The farmers, we were arguing about this before. Not arguing, we were discussing this before, and you're like, oh, the farmers are turning against them. They are turning against them. And I was like, them. they're never, ever, ever gonna. I've read a lot of things <clears throat> saying they might yeah. be. 
I can't well, imagine because, it's true, though. Well, because, you know, everyone likes the idea of someone playing tough with China yeah. and being hard on uh, trade and all that sort of stuff. But when your entire business or a huge portion of your business, yeah. you know, and, you know, because all these farmers, the ones that are getting killed are the ones who grow soybean, and that's all they grow, uh-huh. right? And China is the biggest exporter of soybean in the world, mm-hmm. right? If suddenly your crop, your total earnings are cut by 80%, yeah. and it's not a short-term thing, that's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. And after a while, you sort of looking at it and you're going, you know, look, I, I, I don't know the answer, have no concept of the answer of how to uh, deal with China and what they do. So yeah. maybe this is possibly, maybe. you know, handling it in this manner we'll is see. the best thing. But it's a long term thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, unless people are prepared for that. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. Well, so may, hopefully even the farmers now think that he's a nightmare. Yep. Uh, we all know he's racist. He has no respect for anything. No. Uh, he's a con man, sociopath. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's letting the government fall apart. He hates science. He hates science. Does he hate science? Yes, he hates science. I feel like he couldn't care one way or the other about science. No, he does. That's the, most of the thing. Most of the true fears people have of him, I think, are turning out <clears throat> to uh, be no. He's willing to do whatever it takes. To get anything he wants, uh, and has no, res- he'll crush anything in his way to get what that is. Yeah. He doesn't have the agenda <clears throat> a lot of us feared, uh, but he does hate science because that's part of his appeal. Right, but that's my point. Is I don't the think elites. I don't think he feels strongly one way or the other. Well, about it, he I has think, an agenda. I think he's science. he's happy to currently have an agenda against science yeah. because the bulk of his base are uh, uh, evangelical Christians. Yeah. And that's who he's appealing to. Okay. Well, for all intents and purposes, he hates science. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I didn't want. <laughs> if you, if your if your idea hinges about that, goddamn, he hates science. <laughs> that orange son of a bitch. He is cutting science research all over. His proposed 2020 budget uh, for NASA. Uh, the science budget is being cut across the board by $603 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the W-first telescope is being trashed. Uh, that's supposed to be the successor to Hubble. And currently, it's NASA's flagship project, of which they've already spent billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, he has massive reductions in planetary science, Earth science, uh-huh. anything that can possibly right. prove that global warning's real uh-huh. is... Oh, get rid of it. Um, It eliminates the STEM outreach, which is education and research. Uh, He's a jerk, right? Um, But in other ways, uh, out of the other side of his face, he claims to love space, right? Mm, Yeah. He wants to start Space Force. Space Force. Uh, He's pledged to go back to the moon and send men to Mars Mm -hmm. within... Not to, not to Mars, but back to the moon. Yeah, within two years. Wow. Yeah, I <laughs> like mean, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. In this research, I did <clears throat> I did a lot of looking at NASA budgets and spending. Uh huh. When they went to the moon, the peak of their spending was 
four years before they went to the moon because it was such a massive effort. Mm-hmm. By the time you go, it's <coughs> it's a done deal. Right. Right? Uh, uh, so uh, he's a lunatic, right? Mm-hmm. There is no silver lining. Or? Of course there is. Or is there? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys. If Trump wants to go down in history is great, Mm -hmm. especially to these farmers who are now turning against Mm -hmm. him, factory workers who are upset that these jobs never appeared. Never appeared, and the ones that some are leaving again. Maybe he shouldn't just send people to the moon. If he really wants to be seen as a great president, uh-huh. a different president, uh-huh. a, a break in the mold kind of uh-huh. guy, maybe he should go himself. Oh. Right? Why would he ever do that, you think? Not for greatness. He already thinks he's great. <coughs> right? He can't, in his mind, think he's any greater than he already thinks. Oh, I think there's, there's, you know, every accomplishment makes him greater. I don't think there's a limit. I don't. I just don't can, think there's a ceiling I, I, I to the greatness like he, he can accomplish. Every great, every accomplishment or said accomplishment uh, confirms his greatness in his mind. Oh yeah, there you right? go. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but you know what he would go to the moon for? His daughter. Greed. Oh yeah. Right. All that cheese. Yeah. Uh, so when we went to the moon before, we left some things behind. You had to keep things light, so they kept anything non-essential was left behind, mm-hmm. right? So there's buggies up there, mm. there's spacecraft parts, mm-hmm. there's technical equipment, there's scientific experiments, there's 96 bags of poop. <laughs> I just thought it was great. <laughs> and I read another thing that described it as 96 bags of poop, urine, and vomit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is it buried? No, it's just laying on the, on the moon. So it's maybe floating, right? No, because there's some gravity on the moon. Um. Uh. <clears throat> you can't. You know what? I didn't realize this. You can't see where the where the moon landing was from Earth. Not even from the Hubble tel- telescope. Because it's on the other side. No, it's not on the other oh. side. It's just somewhere you can't see from here. Oh, okay. Um. So how do we know it actually happened if we didn't see? Well, it, it did. Uh, there's family photos. There's a plaque signed by Nixon. Mm-hmm. There's a Bible. There's six flags. No joke. Great no adventure. pun intended. Mm-hmm. But there is six flags. So six flags. Great America. Great adventure. Are the are is that what is it named after that? I don't know. Maybe it's named after the six flags on the moon. Maybe. Shall I look it up? Look it up while we're doing this. Uh-huh. There's a javelin. There's cameras, tools, twelve pairs of boots. There's a falcon's feather. <laughs> Twelve pairs of boots. They just threw their extra boots. boots. They just threw their extra boots out the door. Spaceman boots, I'm assuming. The whole name of the game to get back to Earth was was make it as light as possible. Um, All that stuff's boring, but anything left on the moon for that long, for any period of time, but particularly for that uh, abandoned on the moon, and if you went and got back and got it, it would be crazy valuable. Uh, But here's the stuff that'll get Trump's attention. There's a hundred two dollar bills uh that are signed by people up there. <clears throat> wow. There's a gold olive branch, and there's art. There is a piece called Fallen Astronaut, uh, by Belgian ar- artist Paul van Hoydonk, 
It's an aluminum uh, astronaut that originally was supposed to be standing and fell over, and it's next to a plaque uh, commemorating all the people that died uh, in trying to get to the moon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the real thing up there, the Moon Museum. Do you know about the Moon Moon Museum? There's an actual Moon moon Museum up there? There is a a iridium-plated ceramic wafer Three-quarters inch by one-half inch contains original artwork by Robert Rauschenberg, <gasps> David Novoros, John Chamberlain, Klaus Oldenburg. All of those people apparently were big artists. I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. uh, but apparently they were all very big artists at the time. Uh, but there is also a piece by Andy Warhol on there. Oh, All original on there. Uh, Andy so Warhol an looks like a penis. Oh, well, there you go. He claimed it was a spaceship, but it's clearly a penis. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, so that's up there, and I can't even imagine what that would be. That They asked to bring it up, mm-hmm. and NASA uh, wouldn't let them, so they smuggled it in the ship. Really? Yeah, they smuggled it up there and the left it up there. The penis was smuggled up and left there. The whole thing. Oh, all, oh, really? The whole, all the art? It's, it's one piece. Oh. It's one tiny thing. It's like this big. And it was left up there on the surface of the moon. Wow. Um, that thing's got to be worth, like if that made its way back down here, mm-hmm. that's got to be worth probably close to a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Abandoned on the moon for 50 years. Yeah. Well, just the fact that it's been on the moon. For 50 come years. Back, it's a one-of-a-kind thing. One-of-a-kind. That was created for this one specific event. By all these Andy Warhol, super well-known artists. Yeah. Uh, and but also piece de resistance, three golf balls that were hit quote miles and miles. Oh uh, yeah, I remember uh, when they did that. So uh, this is what you're gonna do. You'd have to travel to find those though. Yeah. Uh, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna make fake moon, fake moon landing footage. Uh huh. You mean like the actual moon landing footage? The actual moon landing was which is real. Fake moon landing but footage. But people have examined how easy it would be to <coughs> make a fake, and they've convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to make one, uh, and you're going to make it look like Kim Jong Un went up there. Uh huh. He looked for the art, but didn't find uh-huh. it because no. no one else has seen any of this. Right. We're the only people who've seen it and knows exactly where everything is. Okay. No one else can see it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. So we know where it is, and they're, they'd be guessing. So they're looking for it. They don't find it. But he does find one of the balls. Oh. Then you're going to make another fake moon landing mm-hmm. footage. Probably, I'm <clears throat> thinking, uh, Xi Jinping. Oh, Xi Jinping. Okay. Right? China's leader. Yeah. Looking for and not finding the art, but finding the second of three balls. Oh. I see this is a... Uh Who's going to be the third person that goes up? <laughs> You're going to get NASA to announce <clears throat> new space-friendly KFC and Taco Bell meals. <laughs> You're going to have Hillary and Bill announce a plan to try to go to the moon, be the first private people to reach the moon. Mm-hmm. Maybe Obama can say he's going to go to the moon. Yeah, that Obama. Yeah. Uh <coughs> 
That's all that you, you do that. He's there. Mm, yeah, right? He will say, you know you, what, guys, you can cut all of that out and just say Obama's going to the moon. Yeah. And he will be the first one online. Yeah. Uh, and he will be there. And when he gets there, you'll find the art museum worth billions at this mm-hmm. point. Those bags of poop worth probably a hundred million at this point. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe maybe I'm overshooting those ones a little yeah. bit, but not too much. He doesn't care. He's a greedy prick. Uh, but what he really wants, he's not going back without that ball. Mm-hmm. That ball that was hit uh-huh. miles and miles where no one can see. Mm-hmm. And as he wanders off to find that last ball, you leave him there, and the communication <laughs> fails. He might start wishing that he hadn't cut that science budget. And you're wondering here, who is going to pay for Whitey on the moon? And the question, the answer, the, actually the real question is, who isn't going to yeah, pay at this say. point, right? You're going to get farmer money. You're uh-huh. going to get NASA money. You're going to get everyone Democrat <clears throat> money. You're going to get everyone. Like, the racists don't think he's racist enough, and everyone else thinks he's racist. Uh-huh. Like, you're gonna get China money. You're gonna get. You're gonna get everyone. You're gonna get Denmark's money. Greenland's gonna pay. Yeah, Denmark will give you some money now. Denmark will give you money. Uh, the the real question is, is who won't make you rich for doing this one? Yeah. And all you got to do, some black and white footage, in a warehouse. People have studied. <clears throat> go online and read some really deep analysis of why the moon landings were faked and they are basically going to be how to film these that's it you time the north korea one for the next big missile they shoot Mm -hmm. and a a day later you release his footage and like oh we're saying it's a missile but it was actually kim jong-un going to the moon yep how long does it take to get who's gonna tell trump that it wasn't a scientist (laughs) no uh, no, that's a solid idea. Yeah, a, a huge amount of money. Yeah, that's a huge amount of money. And get rid of that prick. Oh, gone. Gone. Out the door. Hope you find a golf ball. Yep. Um, the company name Six Flags is derived from the name of the company's first theme park, Six Flags Over Texas, built in 1961. The name of the park and its original overall theme commemorated the six nations whose flag flew over Texas over the course of its history. France, Spain, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, the Confederate States of America, and the United States. Okay. When they opened a second theme park in Georgia, they called it Six Flags Over Georgia, commemorating the six flags that flew over that state, the UK, France, Spain, the Confederate States of America, the United States, and the state of Georgia. And then they built a third one in Missouri mm-hmm. called Six Flags Over Mid- Mid-America, now known as Six Flags St. U- Louis, using the same themes, uh, except now the flags the theme was based on were those of Spain, France, the UK, the states of Illinois, Missouri, and the United States. And then at that point, they got bought out. He okay. got The founder got bought out, and Six Flags just became the name of the company. Just call that for the Six Flags on the Moon. They should just change that. Reinvent yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It would have been much cooler rather than commemorating the flags of the Confederate States of America. Yeah. That flew over all of these places. Yeah. Um, That was a great idea, Noel. And blows mine out of the water. No, no, no. Hey, I've got a short. I'm wondering. We're about Uh the midpoint. I got a shorty for my next one. 
Uh-huh. Should we do our mi- our middle in now? Sure. Okay. All right. You guys. If you want to give Josh <laughs> some money. Give Josh some money and you haven't yet quite gotten rich. So you don't yet have that tithe <laughs> to Pam, but you want to help out anyway. You can. You can go to radiofreebrooklyn.com, go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh Knowles show page, hit the sponsor button. Half the money goes to Josh and I, half that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. You get to feel like the champion you are. If you hate us, if you hate us and you want to spite us and you want to rub it in your face how much you hate us, the best way to do it is go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, hit the pledge button, pledge an amount, all that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Ha <laughs> ha, Josh and I get nothing. You get a tax break because Radio Free Brooklyn's a 501c3. Ha <laughs> ha, Josh and all, you get nothing. Nothing. Meanwhile, you feel good about yourself because you've done things like support the after-school teen program, community radio, all sorts of stuff. If you want to support the station without money, you can. You can get the podcast, the, the the apps, iPhone or Android. There's apps. For, listen to the station live. Mm-hmm. Get all the archives. If you uh, want, you can get the newsletter. Change the name. I don't know what it's called anymore. We're like in the top three I saw on the list for archive listens. Are we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People go and they listen to all of our shows. Yeah. That's only for the past 30 days. But, yeah, we're, we, we're constantly number one or two. Um, and uh, actually, you know what's getting a lot of listens on the archive is uh, Famous Dead People. Oh? A lot of them. The one that reruns after us. Um <laughs> 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 and you guys uh if you're if you're making a podcast on your own and you don't have the equipment you don't have the know-how you don't know what you're doing reach out to radio free brooklyn you can record in our studios we got very competitive rates uh you got an engineer that'll do all the technical for you while you just sit there and yap your gums that's what we do. Flap our gums. Flap our gums. That's all we do. That's right. That's all we do. 203 weeks. 200 and s- this is seven? Seven. Well, but you got to knock out. There have been at least four times that we haven't. No, though, I'm not. Our gums. Those don't count. Oh, so we're actually at like 211. Release shows. I oh, think this okay. is 207. Um, you guys. God, we've sat here and spoken to each other for 207 hours. I know. Shoot me now, right? Holy fuck. Shoot me now. Wow. Yeah. You guys, Josh needs a moment where he can cry, so we're going to play a little something for you, a little something that'll maybe even make you a little richer than you are right now. Short of Magara. So, Mr. What Josh, please take her away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. When you think of traditional secrecy and tax havens, the last place you would expect to find a booming business in anonymous corporations would be here in Wyoming. This single-family house at 2710 Tomes Avenue is home to more than 2,000 corporations. It's the headquarters of Wyoming Corporate Services. Wyoming Corporate Services also has strategies to help you lower your tax liability in your home state, increase your asset protection, and give you back your privacy. 
One way WCS provides that privacy is through the sale of so-called shelf corporations. Like shell corporations, shelf corporations may exist on paper only. Shelf corporations are essentially older shells. They're put on the shelf where incorporators can age them for years, often giving them a credit and tax history before they're sold. The reason? To quickly create the appearance of an established business. There's also no need to list the buyer's name on the registration documents. Nominee officers can be provided. WCS sells a fall guy. The amount of money you spend depends on how long you want to make it seem like you've been in business. The older, the more stable. One formed in May cost just $645. One put on the shelf back in 2004 costs almost $6,000. There you go, guys. Shelf corporations. Shelf corporations. I mean, literally, you put it on the shelf. Yeah. This was a, a, a news report video that I, I watched, and uh-huh. they literally had like a cubby like people would put there, like mail slots. Yeah. And each shelf corporation had their own slot. Okay. And that was then you could just pluck it out and you can just uh, literally you do nothing. You just incorporate and then you stick it on a shelf and then you let it age like a fine wine. (laughs) As someone who mans the board, I got to say, whoever recorded that was a lunatic. Uh, I had to crank the volume of it so high and then the background noises were as loud as the woman. It was a, it was mixed it's, by a maniac. It's gone through several progressions. I'm sure. You know, whatever the original broadcast was, then onto YouTube. Sure. Then ripped off of YouTube, then compressed and put on my computer. Yeah. And then put through GarageBand. Yeah. So, so rip them, rip them if you got them, guys. Rip them and grip them, grip them and rip them. Grip them, rip them, flip them, trip them, trip them, smip them. Well, <laughs> we, we're gonna stop where we were. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Noel. Anyway. That was a lot of information in a short period of time. It was. So you got to shake it off. Shake it off. And get back to giving some more information <laughs> about how to get rich. Okay. Off of silver linings. Silver linings, guys. It's not just for playbooks anymore. <clears throat> so what is a silver lining? What is the definition of a silver lining? Uh-huh. Well, according to freedictionary.com, because I wasn't going to pay Merriam-Webster's for it. Mm-hmm. It's a comforting or hopeful aspect of an otherwise desperate or unhappy situation, Mm -hmm. which got me thinking. There are great tragedies throughout the world. Do they all have a silver lining? And it seems like yes. Mm -hmm. Just for a couple examples. Sure. The Great Depression sent this country spiraling out of control Uh into into, uh, destitution. People starving. Yeah. People having to lift everything up and move miles and miles, states and states away, just to try to find a job so they could support their family. Yeah. Uh, what kind of silver lining came from that? Well, during that time, the U.S. life expectancy increased by almost six and a half years. Really? Yeah. According to a Michigan uh, uni- a University of Michigan study. Uh, life expectancy rose from 57.1 57. in, in 1929 to 63.3 wow. in 1932. We'd be circling the drain. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, we'd be really close <laughs> to dead. 
you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like 57, 56 was sort of, I mean, I guess when you go back to Victorian times, it was like your 40s. Like, we'd, I would be dead, theoretically, right now. No. I, I, you know what? I read something researching for the show mm-hmm. at one point, and it was about the, the life expectancy in days of yore. Uh-huh. And it wasn't as <coughs> bad as people say. It was your mortality at a young age was, was terrible. very right. high. Um, and then if you made it past there... You actually didn't do that. It sounds like you'd probably do as good as as you did before the depression. Um, it's just, and 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 other people lived to be ninety years old and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Still, it's just the numbers were so skewed by how many people died very young. Oh, interesting. I get you. So if you made it past, like you know, if you got into your teenage years, yeah. you you were you could live and, a reasonably. And long if life. you were in any way a person who had gotten out of the hard scramble of life well yeah sure uh you know the amount it went up was was astounding i'm sure you know so if you were middle class astoundingly better right um anyway um but yeah so it rose that much in a three-year period of time Mm -hmm. thanks to the uh i'm gonna say thanks to the great depression okay yeah okay say it uh i said it I said thanks to the Great Depression. Okay, say it. just we, go ahead and say it. American humans, and this was across the board. Uh-huh. Race didn't matter. Gender didn't matter. All right, across the board. Yeah, there was like a a a what was it five and a half uh, year up. Okay, say it. The greatest, I think, what we can possibly call certainly the most well known, if not the greatest tragedy to befall. Uh, the modern world, uh-huh. the Holocaust. Oh yeah. What's the silver lining there? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you two things. Okay. One, I mean, I think a lot of people, not everybody, I don't want to get into the politics of it, uh-huh. but will say Israel. Yeah. You know, Israel never would have been a thing had Jews not been murdered at a rate that was unbelievable. Pro- you're, you're pro- you right? might be right on there that. There would one. have been no, yeah. you know, they may have, they would have fought for it possibly. The Zionists would have fought for it, but they wouldn't have had, wouldn't have had any sort of leg to stand on. Yeah. And there probably wouldn't have been as many people willing to fight as hard for it. Yep. Exactly. Um, and then also, uh, the current uh, treatments for hypothermia that we used were studied. By the Nazi doctors, really? On uh, on uh, it was one of the many tests that they would do oh, on concentration camp prisoners. They would basically freeze them to death uh-huh. and take you know uh, uh, samples of them as they were dying and freezing, and then try to revive them and bring them back. And basically, everything we do for hypothermia, really? Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> everything that we currently do for hypothermia. Well, look. I mean, and then you can get into things like propulsion, jet propulsion, and stuff oh, like other that. Oh, things that the Nazis we, developed. That the yeah. Nazis developed. I mean, there's tons of stuff that we use. We would not have made it to the moon if mm-hmm. it were not for n- Nazi scientists. Sure. And like straight up, not like German scientists, Nazi scientists. Oh, sure, sure. Who uh, yeah. were developing that stuff for the military. Yeah. They've got a secret base on the dark <clears throat> side. Oh, of course they do. Well, Hitler's actually there. That's maybe that's where Trump will end up. Uh-huh. <laughs> With Hitler on the dark he'll, side he'll of the moon. King of the moon. That freaking guy this week, right? <laughs> uh, 
It's it. He's now declaring himself God. Yeah, he's the chosen one. But the thing is, that comes from. I hope the evangelicals turn on him now. No, because the evangelicals are the ones that have told him he's the chosen one. This is the thing. This is not coming entirely out of his ass. This is something that has been set up for, for him by the Jerry Falwell Juniors, by all those whack job evangelical preachers. They tell their flocks, they tell their followers that his past doesn't matter. What he did in the past, he has been chosen by God mm-hmm. to change America, to change the world to the way that, that they want it to be. I mean, after he did that chosen one thing, did you see that thing popping around of, of, of when... Uh, he was being interviewed by those two guys and uh, uh, John Heilman and the one who was uh, fired for trying to rape women all over the place. Yeah, but who they, knows which one? Which one th- at this point? This was right after he had said uh, that the Bible was his favorite book ever. Yeah, I, I did see a yeah. clip of of, of, <clears throat> the, of them asking what part. Yeah, yeah. And, and he goes, you know, is there a particular uh, uh, part that you like? And he's, uh, you know, it's very the Bible's very personal to me. I don't want to yeah. talk about that. Yeah. I've never ever ever <laughs> spoken to anyone who is evangelical uh, and christian who like is really devout yeah and been like i've had to ask them to stop yeah quoting passages from yeah. the bible to Wh- me. which is your favorite book old or new <laughs> I, I like them both yeah i like, I like them, them both uh you know they're both good yeah you know some people like this more i like them both yeah, yeah he's no spoilers Fucking how people that's the thing that gets me how people can listen to him. Yeah. And not, and see, not it. see it. That's yeah. the thing that really boggles my mind. I know. Like, I don't care how sort of like uh, into it you are. You know, it's just it's it's, you know, and then to not say like, I think everyone's father or mother told them at some point that if someone's going to lie about something in- insignificant, they're going to lie about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that just seems like a general truth. Yeah. And this guy lies about the most insignificant shit. Yeah. And and so it's like how you can believe that anything this guy says is the truth. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so that's just a couple examples okay. of major tragedies yes. that uh, some major good came out of. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't balance the no. uh, the scales, but yeah. you know, from every cloud, there is a silver. There lining. is a silver lining. Yeah. Um. So what could there be a silver lining to now? I'm trying to think. Of, you know, you sort of think of all the great tragedies that are facing us now, mm-hmm. and the biggest one, in my opinion, I think overall. We can say, oh, nuclear war with North Korea. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility, but it doesn't seem uh, imminent. Imminent. Yeah. You can... Uh, uh, I wouldn't bet on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the one that I think you can pretty much bet pretty solidly on, even if you don't believe in the science, okay. the, the science that says why it's happening, is that there is clearly a shift happening in the temperature of this, of this globe of ours. Yeah. And regardless of whether you believe that it's man-made, uh-huh. regardless of you know whatever your belief is, it's happening. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And uh, <clears throat> the biggest economic crunch to this is going to be the massive flooding that takes place, uh, destroying coastal cities and mm-hmm. coastal towns. Mm-hmm. So now. <clears throat> I've used this idea to a degree before, 
with the idea that, yeah, you buy all the cheap land on the interior, yeah, and you now have waterfront property, which yeah. we all know is worth billions and billions of dollars. Sure. But here's what you're actually going to do, because I thought about this, right? And I realized that, like, well, when the flooding happens, and these coastal towns and cities are completely flooded, there's going to be no more beaches. Uh, there's going to be no more hotels. Yeah. Uh, there's also going to be, are you going to want to swim in there when there's all these buildings and detritus yeah. there? You know what I mean? It's not like it's going to be easy yeah. peasy. Detroitus. Detroitus. Yeah. Literally. Literally. So what you're going to do is you're going to buy up a bunch of land uh-huh. inland. You're going to raise it. Yeah. You're going to build hotels. All right. You're going to put a beach there with no water, okay? Um, I was reading that by the end of the century, they expect chronic flooding occurring from Maine to Texas um, that will affect as many as 670 coastal communities. Mm -hmm. Cambridge, Mass., Oakland, California. The bulk of it, they think, is going to be... The worst of it is going to actually be on the East Coast mm-hmm. because uh, uh, California is, is is so high. It's got so many cliffs along the water mm-hmm. that it's not going to be as bad. But the East Coast, where it all slopes up, they're saying four out of the five boroughs of New York City mm-hmm. are going to be decimated. Um, our place will be fine. Our place? Where you live? Yeah. Oh, you think it's going to be inland enough? We're, we're like high ground. Yeah, you're high ground, but if you if you're stepping out into an ocean, yeah, <laughs> canoe to work, canoe to work, um, canoodle to work. You know, so they're expecting. Yeah, you know, and when you look at like Ocean City, Maryland, uh-huh. the Jersey Shore, all these places that make hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Every summer, right? Massive amounts of money. You're going to buy inland from all of them. And that's that major flooding is going to happen in, uh, 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 they say, by the end of the century. They are expecting that uh, more than 170 communities will basically be unlivable mm-hmm. because of the flooding in less than 20 years. Sure. So you can start there. Find those communities. Research yeah. those communities. Buy inland. Buy inland. You're going to build a beach, essentially, right? Yeah. Then, right, all this former coastal property is going to be underwater uh-huh. and worth nothing. Yeah. You're going to buy it for a song. Sure. Then you're going to dredge it all up, just crush it and get rid of it, and you are basically going to have the only beaches in all of the United States, well, all of the East Coast. Uh-huh. The only available beaches that people can go spend the summer in, spend a holiday in, Go swimming, go snorkeling, go fishing, all of that stuff. No worries about running into old houses. Uh-huh. No worry, worries about old cars washing up on shore. All that. So that's that's the idea, basically. It's going to be a big real estate thing, but you're gonna you're gonna, uh, you know, you can do uh, tours. Mm-hmm. You can leave some of the larger buildings standing that are coming out of the water, and you can do like scuba tours where you go into the building, swim around as you go up floor to floor, and then walk up yeah. into uh, a, a luxury hotel. Yeah. Exactly. That'd be cool. Uh huh. That'd be awesome. So anything like that. There that, you go. Yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, guys. Silver linings. How are we going to do it? How are we going to make that money? 
Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, right? What do you need for a silver lining? As we've been discussing, you need some sort of disaster, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it doesn't have to be a, a natural <laughs> disaster. No. It doesn't have to be something huge and horrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look online, as a matter of fact, and you look at uh, disaster stories... What of one of the biggest things that you see over and over and over is article after article after article after article about people with wedding disasters. Oh, yeah. Right. Probably the biggest worry of a lot of people is that their wedding, whether or not it's going to go off without a hitch. Right. Um, if you talk to anyone about their wedding, almost anyone, they're going to end up bitching about the place settings being messed up or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their mind, it destroyed everything, mm-hmm. right? Because they sat there waiting for something r- wrong to happen. <laughs> and then this little thing went wrong. They think it's so big. No one else noticed. Nope. Right? Uh, and even if their their mom's right there, they'll, their mom will be like, oh, no one noticed the place settings. But then they'll look over you and be like, it was horrible. <laughs> right uh th- these things are th- such a pressure on people getting married you know the weddings they've they've got their their rituals the first dance they cut <clears throat> the cake and they've got that way horribly jump the shark cake fight that happens between the bride and the groom horrible all just done for photographer all the, that's all they're worrying about while they have that stupid cake fight. I feel like at your wedding, uh-huh. when you guys get married, uh-huh. you're going to have a real cake fight where everyone <laughs> just grabs gobs of cake and starts whipping it around. So it's like a giant food fight, not just a cutesy patootie. Oh, look, you got my nose a little bit with some. Yeah. Some. We didn't have a cake at our wedding. We had a flan. Oh. Did you guys have a flan fight? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, think I think that's the that. worst thing. Like, come on, you guys. Just give that one up. Uh, but they're but they're doing it, hoping the photographer will get it, and that there won't be a disaster, right? Uh, how can we take away some of that worry? How? What if what if uh, along with something borrowed, something <coughs> blue, etc. Mm-hmm. You also need something to go wrong, <laughs> right? Uh huh. To have a successful wedding in people's eyes, you need. Some sort of disaster. So what you're going to do is you're going to start uh, a wedding agency, wedding planning, uh, photography, DJ, and disaster service, right? And you're going to be there. Um, and people that go know that uh, at some point they're going to get that like the good luck bird poop first thing in the morning. Uh-huh. You know? That's that's where that comes from. The bird poops on your head first thing in the morning. It's good luck. Who said that? Every I don't know, but the same people are going to be embracing like, yeah, something bad happening. My wedding's going to be good luck. I had a bird shit on my face, uh-huh. and it took me going into five separate stores slash restaurants <laughs> to get someone to give me a fucking napkin. Uh-huh. And I had bird shit on my face. <laughs> and I'm walking in, go, and they're like, no, you got to buy something. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Oh, thank you for that story. There's nothing lucky about that. Okay. But these guys will be convinced yeah, that if something, and they'll be so happy 
when the place setting gets messed up or whatever perceived disaster there is. And if the wedding goes off without a hitch and there is no disaster, your company will ensure there'll be a disaster, right? You'll you'll <laughs> drop, uh, I don't know, some like Preparation H in someone's chocolate cake or something and Aunt Betty will poop her pants or something. I, I think it's... it's make a disaster. It's be- the eye drops, not Preparation <laughs> Okay, whatever it is. Uh, and you're going you're gonna to make sure that a disaster happens. It'll be caught on photo, part of the the fond memory and the people will be able to relax and anticipate the disaster as opposed to dreading it the whole time and then ruining it for the rest of their lives. And that's it. You're going to make a lot of money because people will be so much happier. That's true. You guys, if you want to reach out to Josh, you can get him at GRQ Josh Noel on Twitter. You can email him at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You can Facebook him at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go on iTunes or anywhere you get a podcast nowadays and you can subscribe, rate, review. If you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you turn in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, get the schemes five days for anyone else. Hap- happens to. <laughs> I lost my track. You didn't track. time your breath there no. well. Uh, you guys, you can get there early, listen to Art Star Scene. You can stick around afterwards, listen to. Uh, our number one uh, rerun, our uh, uh, famous dead people, or whatever other rerun they put in there. Do you think that's that's number one in archive listening because it's because uh, they got our bump? Well, they're get well, they're getting played all the time. Their archives are getting played on the radio all the time. That's true. I'm that's saying. true. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> what if all those listens are just from replays uh-huh. on the radio? Yeah. Uh, you guys. You got a lot of money in your pocket. You got to do something with it. Josh scars the internet. Tell you what. Tell him what. Save that money. The most expensive parking spaces in New York City are set to be put up for sale at the cost of one million dollars each. Ten spaces in the private Manhattan garage will be reserved for whomever can come up with the money, which is six times more than the average cost of a single-family home in the United States. One of the parking spaces measures about 23 feet by 12 feet with a 15-foot ceiling, which allows for a lift to be installed to store two cars in the garage. It comes with its own deed and sales contract, and the buyer also has to cover maintenance fees. Robert Knackle, chairman of Massey Knackle, is quoted as saying, The reality of New York City is that people are willing to pay more for a parking spot than the average person in the country pays for a home. I always thought it was Massey Knackle. I guess not. No, it's Massey Knackle. I guess not. Hey, you guys, usually around this time, we would judge everything we've done against rules for getting rich, but good for you, lucky for you, the silver lining is we've run a little late, we don't have time for those rules, you're rich, why Why even bother? Yeah, so once again for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Gonna get rich quick